Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. We want to... Actually, we intend to take questions, and uh, so we're going to start with this question that is coming in from the book of Revelation, and that will take us to the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 21 in particular. We want to look at that. Revelation 21, verse 21. The key thing we're looking at is the street of gold. Now, here the scripture says, the twelve gates were twelve pairs, and each individual gate was of one pair. And the streets of the city were of pure gold, like transparent glass. The street of the city was pure gold. So, now the common understanding is the street of heaven is made of pure gold. I don't know if you have heard that before. Hmm? Right. We're going to walk on the street of gold. So that's the question that is coming. What is this street of gold? Now, the first thing again you need to pick up is it didn't say streets. It says street. That's, that's where to begin from. It never said Many streets, if, if we go by the common understanding we have, a city should not have one street. <laughs> Am I right? A city shouldn't have one street. So here is a city that has but one street. It is a street, but a street. And this street is made of pure gold. Now, we understand as well. The word street actually means a way that which is open. And if you go by a common simple definition, a street is a way that leads to a destination. Is that okay? Right. A street leads to a destination. A street leads to a point. So, you want to find somebody's address, for instance, that will say, what street is he living in? And then you're given the street and given the number. So, the street leads you to the house. The number of the house is in the street. So, the street is a way that leads you to a destination. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Very good. So, when we talk about the street of gold, what is it that actually the scripture is talking about? And uh, this is very critical for us to understand. First again, the first thing I'll come to mind is how come God is using a perishable mineral to decorate the imperishable? Heaven is eternal. Are you with me? Good. Heaven as we know it and as we believe it is eternal. Now, gold as we know it 
is a mineral that can wear out. So you find that people sometimes they renew their gold by treating it again because it corrupts. So how would God use what is corruptible to decorate that which is incorruptible? Are you following me? In other words, how come God is using a perishable mineral like gold to decorate the city that God himself is living in which we have been promised to go to some days to come. If heaven is eternal state of being how come God is using the natural to decorate the eternal realm of existence? This calls for questions because the problem is when we read the scriptures we don't even think we read with a preconceived mind of what we've been told of what we know and i remember in my early years on the many strumming in church we've actually been emphasized this has actually been emphasized how beautiful the city is and the street is made of gold so we've been told when we but to heaven, we're going to be walking on pure gold. You see what I mean? Now, like I'm saying, heaven is eternal reality. There is nothing you can do to it. If you use gold to fix heaven, that means there are going to be contractors that will finally come to work there to fix it because gold goes bad. Are you there with me? One really wonders sometimes what we teach, what we preach, what we believe in, in our faith. It's, it's actually amazing how we can just believe all things that come to us. We don't question them, we don't think about them, we don't even ask questions about them. Just like I said at the very beginning, it says street, he did say streets. So it means only one street of all the streets in heaven is made of gold. <laughs> Hallelujah. So exactly what is Revelation 21 talking about? Let's go back to verse 10 and read a little bit. From verse 10, Revelation 21. And we'll read up to the point where we're looking at now. Hallelujah. Bible says, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the heavenly Jerusalem. They said, in out of heaven from God. That's the first thing you're going to see there. Having the glory of God. Now you listen closely. Go back a bit. Go to verse 10. Take a look. He carried me away in the spirit to a great and a high mountain and showed me that great city, the heavenly Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Is that okay? Okay, just put a stop here. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 12, and verse 22. Hebrews 12, 22. Then it says, But I come unto Mount Zion, 
and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Now watch that. You've come unto where? Mount Zion, and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Now Revelation 21 says, it beheld the heavenly Jerusalem coming down out from God. So what is the heavenly Jerusalem? It is the city of the living God. What is the city of the living God? Mount Zion. What is Mount Zion? The church. Is it making sense to you? I just wanted to look at it. It's just plain scripture. Okay, let's go and get some clarification for Apostle Paul. We come back to this place, but let's go down to Galatians 4. Let's look at from verse 22 to 26. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman was by promise. And there is something again you need to understand from this passage. What is flesh is natural. What's promise is spiritual. Okay, let's just move on. Which things are an allegory? Allegory means parables. For these are two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gender to bondage, which is Agai. For this Agai is Mount Sinai in Arabia. And answer to Jerusalem, which now is in the Middle East, and is in bondage with her children. That is to say, describing the congregation of the Lord of Moses, of, of, the, of, the, of the Church of Moses now. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free. Which is what? The mother of us all. <laughs> are you seeing that? So there are two Jerusalem. And don't forget, the Jerusalem is the city of the living God, Coming from heaven. Is that okay? Out of God. So here we see the Jerusalem which is above is free, which is the mother of us all. Now, which Jerusalem is this? It's what we just read in Hebrew 12. Mount Zion is the heavenly Jerusalem. Meaning, it's talking about those who are in the new covenant as opposed to the old covenant. Is it making sense? Now, don't forget what we're dealing with. We're trying to locate the streets that is in this city of God called Heavenly Jerusalem. And the unfortunate thing again is, even written at that scripture, the Bible tells us that the city is coming down. So, jokingly, I would say, if the city is coming down and you are going up, you're going to miss the city. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? Now, you know why the city is coming down? If you go read the book of Song of Solomon, time is not there. You'll be able to read. The scripture says, where is that coming out of the wilderness? Now, it has to do with the glory of God that was following the children of Israel. Dread and fear caught up with even the people of Jericho. When they saw Israel coming out of the room, it was a complete dream of dread. Remember how Balaam had to be hired to curse Israel? 
Is that okay? Right. So wings are coming out of the wilderness was a kind of phrase to describe the glory, the power that was accompanying the Jerusalem, which is in the Middle East, that was coming from the wilderness, and the other was coming from Egypt. Are you following this? So now, instead of the Jerusalem coming from Egypt, we're coming from above. Why are we coming from above? Because we are born from above. John 3, verse 3 to 6. Except the man be born from above. Because it's actually from above. When you read again, it's a mistranslation. It means above. Are you following that? Good. So we are above. We are born from above. We are born by the Spirit of God. And so we are in what I would describe as a secret place. We are not known. The church similarly is not known. So I'm going to use the word. The same picture you find with the case of John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness until he showed forth unto Israel. So coming from above doesn't mean you're descending from the sky. It's a manifestation of the new creature on the face of the earth. So Galatians 4 explains that precisely to you. Telling you of the two covenant, telling you of the two covenant that was made. One is Mount Sinai, one is Mount Zion. The two are Jerusalem, but one is in the Middle East and is in bondage with her children. The other one is from above, which means it's from God. Now, the street we're dealing with is not found in the Jerusalem, which is in the Middle East, it's found in the Jerusalem, which is from above. Are you there with me? Okay. So this heaven Jerusalem is simply talking about a people which has to do with the new covenant people that we are looking at. Paul, like we said, for the says in Hebrews chapter 12, which we read before, he had come unto my Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Remember what Paul was on, um, on John saw? I saw the heavenly Jerusalem coming down out of God. Praise the Lord. All right. So, we go back again to Hebrew, I mean Revelation 12, I mean 21 now, and then we look at verse 10 again. So, we begin to see the street is found in the heavenly Jerusalem. That's the first thing. So, and then the Bible says, no, go to verse 10 of Revelation 21 now. Just to describe what we're looking at. And carried me away in the spirit to a great and a high mountain and showed me that great city. The heavenly Jerusalem out of heaven from God. Are you getting that? Look at the next thing. Having what? The glory of God. And a light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. I wouldn't have time to describe all of these things. But the point is this. This Jerusalem is having the glory of God. Is that okay? What is that supposed to mean to you? Now, it's not just having the glory. It said, having the glory of God. It's talking about the bride, the wife of God himself. Are you following that? When a woman gets married, what happens? She draws her name and takes the name of the husband. 
Can you follow what I'm saying here? So, having the glory of God means we've changed our identity to that of God because we are the bride of Christ. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing that? So this is describing the redeem of the Lord, the Lamb's wife. Let's read that a little bit. Verse number 12 tells us something. And he had a wall great and high, and had twelve guilds, and had the guild twelve angels, names written thereupon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of children of Israel. No. Why would God use the natural Israel to decorate the eternal reality? Now, if this is a city that we're going to go to, what is the purpose of walls? Walls, you must understand, are meant to protect against invaders. Arm robbers, thieves, whatever the case may be. So you mean God is afraid of some people that are going to invade the city, therefore you have to erect walls. So here you see we got this discovering the salvation which has to do with the protection of God's glory upon these people. Are you following me now? You have become the wall of salvation unto us, which is Christ himself. Nothing to do with the physical wall. Why do you need a physical wall in heaven? You want to protect against reptiles and... I mean, remember in those days, building kingdom, have to have a big moat, ride the city because of enemies, not to encroach. Jerusalem wall was high up there, so the enemies don't come. Remember that? They shut the gates. Is that okay? So now... Is it that God is afraid of some people to invade heaven? That's why he has to erect walls. Praise the Lord. So you find that it's all misconception. When we begin to talk about this heavenly Jerusalem and the city and the street that is in the city. Anyway, I emphasize in the street, so let me concentrate on that. Praise the Lord. So then, what does the street of gold mean? The street of gold. What is he talking about? Let's just concentrate on that because that's where the question coming from. Again, the answer you find in the scriptures as we compare the Jerusalem of old in the book of Lamentation. So let's look at Lamentation chapter 4 verse number 1. Lamentation 4 verse number 1. Very interesting passage. How is the gold become dim? How is the most fine gold changed the stones of the sanctuary poured out in the top of every street? Praise the Lord. What gold was he talking about? Okay, you can just look at verse 2, but to go back to verse 1. The precious sons of Zion, look at that. Comparable to fine gold. How are they esteemed as earthen peaches? The work of the hands of the porters. So he is describing a people and referring to them as well. Pure gold. Did you get that? Praise the living God. Let me not jump the gun, but if I may tell you something. If it's a street and not street, then the first thing that comes to your mind is Jesus is the way. 
is the only way is the only street because street means a way is the way to the father is the life to the father are you following what i'm talking about <laughs> so here he's telling us that the preacher's sons of zion comparable to what fine gold so in verse one when he says go back to verse one verse one now says how is the gold become dim then you know what by reason of the judgment and evasion of other nations that came to jerusalem the gold has become dim what is that supposed to mean the sons and the daughters of Dion have been messed up by reason of the invasion that came to the city is it making sense to you even the most to draw out the street now how is the gold become dim how is the most fine gold change the stones of the sanctuary are poured out in the top i think i need to say something a little bit on that for you too to grasp it praise the lord so what is the prophet actually trying to say here is contrasting the various effects and affecting the righteous circumstance of the jewish nation then as compared to the flourishing state of the affairs in former times he's comparing when they were actually honorable respectful by all nations other nations but now they have been invaded remember jeremiah the prophet jeremiah wrote the book of lamentation and the lamentation was of all that happened to israel he was lamenting what happened to israel that's why it's called the book of lamentation are you following me praise the living god so first he compared i said to the gold the first gold you see there is a harp which was a native gold from the mine that was the first gold you see there the harp which was the first gold from the mine which contrary to his glorious nature had become deemed destroyed and that even the fine sterling gold this one is katem in the greek again i mean the hebrew that which was time to make it current is changed or adulterated so as to be no longer acceptable and all that still speaks of the temple was actually describing the fallen priests and the apostate prophets the fine gold and the precise gold because you see we have two gold here the gold that become dim and then went for that say and the most fine gold so if you take time to study he's talking about the priesthood that are falling into an apostate state so here we'll find the fallen priest and the apostate prophets you see what i mean he's describing the people how come that is city and don't forget this city is not just a house you have to first get a definition as well when you talk about Benin city it's several houses put together and it makes up a city does it make sense yeah when you have few houses it's like an hamlet or you have a village but when there are several houses you have a city so the city of god is made up of many temples which is you and i put together that's why i say city is that okay 
So it's not talking about a location up in the sky. It's not describing that. So we find here in Lamentation 4 that Paul, I mean, Jeremiah was describing the nature of Israel in his pure state when he had not been invaded, when the priesthood was functioning, the prophets were functioning in the pure state of the world until they become apostate from what God called them into. And in Isaiah, how has the gold deemed? That the pureness is gone. Praise the living God. And again, we talk about the stones or the goal of the sanctuary in this particular passage. It talks about the holy stones. When you go and study it, that's Lamentation 1. It talks about the holy stones. So here we are talking about the Jewish godly men who were even then living stone of the church God built at a particular time. When God talks about stone, it's not talking about stones you find on the ground. He's talking about the people. I've explained to you here before. When you talk about lively stone, you must understand it's because you came from the rock. Stones are gotten from rocks. A fragment of rocks. And every time you find a stone, if you have to get another piece of the rock and grind it or test it, you're going to find the same quality. So if the rock, which is Christ, has life, then the stone that comes from the rock also must do what? Have life. Amen? So now, what do you think the Bible refers to you today? Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 5. 1 Peter 2, verse number 5. Just talking about the street of God. Ye also are lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, and holy priesthood to offer our spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Who are you? Lively stones. Hallelujah. So now the Bible uses gold to describe the nature of God. This is because the ark was made of sheet of wood which was in the most holy place, I was plated with gold. Together with the cherubim, that was on top of the lid of the ark, they were all made of pure gold. So now, when you see the ark, and you see the lid of the ark, made of pure gold, you're talking about the nature of God. The two cherubim were made of pure gold. The lid of the ark was made of pure gold. And that is where Israel was going to make that contact with God. You must remember, I've told you here before, when the Bible talks about the shadow of the Most High, He shall hide you under His feathers. When you're referring to the book of Psalms, Psalm 91, He's simply describing the glory in the most holy place. The feathers are describing the wings of the cherubim. God is not a bird. How come he has feathers? The feathers is talking about the wings of the cherubim. And when he says we hide you under his wings or his feathers, he's talking about you coming to the most holy place. You ascending to the most holy place of the throne of God, which has to do with the top of there. Remember, 
when he spoke to Israel, especially to Moses, he said, you build me a tabernacle where I will be able to come and speak to the people. And when that was done, you find that God was speaking from on top of the ark. So God speaks of the nature of God. Siva speaks of redemption. That is why you see in the book of Job, it talks about there shall be plenty of silver that is enough of redemption. Amen. Brass speaks of bondage. Just like iron. You also need to understand the very spiritual meaning of the elements that are used in the Bible. I promise to teach you that. It's like I've not done it, but probably look at it. So you have gold as a divine nature, you have silver as redemption, you have bronze as bondage, you know, slavery as the case may be. So here, brass also speaks about judgment. That's why you see the, 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 the snake, if I may use the word, that Israel had to lift up in the wilderness that Moses lifted that was made of brass. Because it speaks of judgment. So brass speaks of judgment. You have to understand that. Bronze speaks of bondage. The greater brass, remember? God talks about breaking out the gates of brass and the gates of iron. It speaks of bondage. And sin. Are you following it? So God's nature is clothed with the divine nature. And so we read again. If you take time to take a look at that. Second Peter chapter 1 verse number 4 And this is very important Second Peter 1 verse number 4 Whereby are given unto us Excellently great and precious promises That by this you might be partakers of what? Come on! The divine nature of God So what are you putting on? Gold! Are you there with me? Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through last. You put it on the divine nature of God. How do you get this? Guess the next thing. Verse 3. And beside this, giving all diligence. No, let's go back again to verse 1. I think we need to pick it from verse 2. That is something I need to make you see there from verse number 2. If you can get it. Verse 2. The stuff is not coming through. Right. He said, Grace and people multiply unto you through what? The knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. Now go to the next verse. Verse 3. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through what? The knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So verse 4. Whereby we are. Hallelujah. So what is that supposed to mean? We are escaping from the corruption as in this world through knowledge and putting on the divine nature of God. Becoming one with him. So Paul writing, we now said, we have this treasure where? In every vessel. Hallelujah. Did you get it now? Praise the Lord. So then, now don't, don't forget, don't miss this because it's very important. The divine nature of God is gold. And that is what we're putting on. And now we're talking about a street of gold. So what that supposed to mean? It must be a person. 
<laughs> Remember, the gate you are made of the twelve apostles of Jesus Christ and then the twelve tribe of Israel. They were people. What is a gate? A gate is an entrance. Meaning, remember how many of you remember that? We've studied the 12 gate before in this place. Is that not true? Right. Meaning there's a process you go through. If you have to go through the gate of Peter, you're talking about the attribute, the quality, the wisdom, the knowledge that's in Peter. It's a gate. You're talking about Andrew. You're talking about the nature, the perspective that Andrew ministered. It's a gate. Are you following this? So gate is not necessarily, you know, like you are at gate in the city. So when we get to heaven, you're going to see some gate and then they put Peter, another gate, Andrew, another gate, you know. And then we're going to have watchmen too to wash those gates. <laughs> oh my God. Praise the Lord. So when we read Revelation 21, verse 21, when it says, We have given unto us yesterday, I mean, Revelation 21, verse 1 back now and the twelve gates were twelve pearls and several guilds was of one pearl and the street of the city was pure gold what are we talking about we're talking about a way that is the divine nature of God pure is the living God this is talking about the purity and the way and nature of God that the redeemed man has eventually possessed when Jesus said he is the way what is it trying to say another way of saying it is he is the streets <laughs> he wasn't talking of a literal street or a way this is descriptive Remember, a street or a way is descriptive of a particular thing that leads you to a point. Are you getting that? So if you say, for instance, you come in to this church, to this fellowship, what do you find? You say number 12, Uniyu Streets. This is a street, and that when you get to the number, you'll be able to find where you are going to. Jesus is the way or the street to the Father. What's that supposed to mean? He is the nature, He has the nature, the glory of God. If you see me, you see the Father, He says. So He leads you to the Father. Are you following me? So the streets of pure gold, therefore, is simply the purity of the divine nature of God that the child, the lamb's wife, has come to possess. Why? Because when a woman gets married, I said in the beginning, to a man, she changes her surname and takes on the name, the identity of the man. It has nothing to do with certain streets up in the sky. That we are going to go to walking on one day when we die or go to heaven or get into the rapture. But rather it's a state of being. Hallelujah. It's a state of being. Is 
is the life of the Father that have been communicated to the Son because we put on the glory of God. So if Christ is the way, we are also becoming the way to the Father. By implication, we're putting on the divine nature of God. Sometimes when we say this, it might be so amazing and surprising for people to think that how can you equate yourself with Christ? We are not equating ourselves with Christ. We are only saying Christ is our senior brother. Did the Bible say so? It says the firstborn among many brethren. That means there are other brethren. Now you must understand this. If God gave birth to him, in quotes, whatever thing that God used in giving birth to him is the same thing that he's going to use to give birth to you. That is why the Bible says you're born from above. Praise the living God. Is anybody capturing this? So when we talk about a way or the street of gold, we're talking about you putting on the divine nature of God. The life of God. You're coming onto the place of becoming the manifestation of God's glory on the face of the earth. It's not a tomorrow thing, it's a now thing. On a daily basis, the wood in you, which is the other man, which is the natural man, is dying out. And you are being decorated by another life, which is the gold life, the nature of God, the divine nature of God. That's what you're putting on. So God speaks of the divine nature. And so just like we find in the book of Leviticus, I mean Lamentation, chapter 4, describing the pure gold, the fine gold, that speaks of the prophets, and the priest that became dim, no more light, no lustre, right, no beauty in them anymore because they've gone into apostasy. And verse 2 talks about the sons of Zion, which has to do with the church, have come corrupted, losing the lustre, losing the glory that they have. It simply just tells us that when we talk about gold, we're talking about the people. We're not describing a natural element that men will find. And then begin to impel them to do contract in heaven some days to come. We're not talking about that. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying? We have reduced God to the natural state, the natural level. And so we think, oh, when we die, we're going to go to heaven. And the Bible says, I remember we used to sing that song when I was in my early days. We used to sing that song. We talk about seven crowns. You know, have you heard that before? Yeah, put it on seven crowns, you know. And sometimes I used to wonder, I remember asking one of the Sunday schools, how are we going to be using the crowns? Because if I have seven crowns, so how do I use them? Maybe I use them one every day. Imagine that kind, of, that kind of understanding. Maybe I'll talk to you about the issue of crowns. So Paul was speaking to the church and he said, you are my crown and my glory. May you want to God becomes your crown. Hallelujah. And there are several dimensions. We can mention that and begin to discuss that. But let's just focus on what we're doing with you. It's talking about a people. It's talking about a life. So street means a way. Now the way of God is pure. That I just said. The life of God is pure. And that is what you have begun to. In fact, you've come to that place where you're not possessing it. So the Jerusalem which is from above speaks about the church. And the nature of the church, which is the bride of Christ, is that of a pure gold. Every bit of that which has to do with the Christ and the church, which is the Lamb's wife, is nothing but pure gold. It's a new life. It's a new way. 
and the word of God. Praise the living God. Nothing won't be to do with a physical street that somebody's going to walk on someday. And just like when you take time to read, you begin to understand how the Bible says that there's a tree at the center of the river that comes from the throne of God that bears the manner of fruit, 12 manner of fruit every year. Why is it 12? We don't even take time to ask that. And you begin to imagine that means even in this city we're talking about, from the throne of God, a river is coming. That means there's a river flowing through the city. So if a river is flowing through the city, and then we have one street, I don't know what's going on. That means the river is flowing in the street. <laughs> Can you imagine how we think? And then the tree in the midst of that river is bearing 12 manner of fruits. Why don't you just simply see talking about the apostles? The twelve disciples. Twelve is the fullness of the kingdom of God. When he talks about twelve manner of fruit, talking about the fullness of God's kingdom. Twelve apostles, twelve disciples, think about that. Twelve tribe of Israel. Just think about that. He's talking about the fullness of God's kingdom. That's what number twelve stands for. That's why Revelation um, 14 talks about 144,000. Because God deals in thousands. So how do you get 144? It's a multiple of 12. 10 times 12 equals to 144. That's the fullness of God's kingdom. That's what you find in Mount Zion. Are you still there with me? Praise the living God. So the street is simply the way. The way is simply a pure life of God. That is ordained for his church. Nothing to do with a Lystra street. They are going to be driving your vehicles on when you get to heaven. Nothing to do with the physical street that are made of physical gold. For, for one thing, God will not use that which is perishable to decorate that which is natural, I mean supernatural or spiritual. It's practically impossible. I, I, I used to make fun so much about one of my friends in South Africa. He has a golden seat. You know, South Africans used to have pulled their teeth, put on gold teeth. And we have a lot of our sisters also in Nigeria, especially the Alhajas, you know, they have golden teeth. So I was telling my, one of my friends, I said, man, you don't need to go to heaven. You already got what was in heaven. I was supposed to be heaven. So what is that? Heaven made a suit of gold. Now you already have it. So what do you need to go to heaven to do? Hallelujah. He said, but these are the things we mind here. And we think that is what God is talking about. No, God will not use a natural thing to decorate the eternal thing. Because gold depreciates at any point in time. You have to keep on washing it and bringing out the lustre that's in the gold. So God cannot use that which is natural to devourate what that which is spiritual. So all you need to do to catch the mind of John is to understand what is gold. In terms of description, in terms of what it is used for, the way it is used in scriptures. And that means you're going to understand how the elements are used, like I said before. You must know what is gold, you must know what is bronze, you must know what is silver, you must know what is iron, you must know what is brass. You just need to know these things. Like I said before, brass speaks of judgment. That is why the, the, the snake that Moses erected was made of what? Of brass. That speaks of judgment. You know? And so, just like Jesus was speaking in John chapter, chapter 3 as well. He said, just as Moses lifted up. I mean, don't remember that. 
Right. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so also shall the Son of Man be what? Lifted up. Now he lifted it up. It was judgment. So when Jesus was lifted up, that was judgment. But there's something also feel you need to understand. When he said, I will draw all, he didn't say, I will draw all men in the truth. And even if he says that, you have to understand. If you take time to study it, the brass did not draw Israel to itself. So that thing you actually read, when the Son of Man is lifted up, it will draw all. It's not men. Because the brass that Moses lifted up did not draw anybody. But what did he drew? He drew the sicknesses and the poisons of the snake. When a snake bites you and you look onto it, it takes the poison from you. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So now when Jesus is lifted up and you look unto Jesus, he absorbs your sin and sets you free. Is that the case? So as Moses lifted up the serpent of the so also shall the Son of Man be lifted up. And anyone that looks unto him shall he draw. So then, when you look unto him, the author and the finisher of your faith, he draws your weakness, he draws your sickness, he draws your poisons, everything that sin has brought into your life, he absorbs it to himself, and then you are set free. That's exactly what happened in the wilderness. But when we read it, we talk about man. So if you say, well, if the son might literally draw all men, then I expect all men should have been drawn to the Lord by now. But that's not what he's saying. It is the man that looks unto him that will draw the poison that's in your life. Are we together? So, summarily, the street of gold is just talking about the people. And here, I can say, vividly talking about Christ, which is in life, the nature of Christ that we are supposed to walk in and through as sons of God, the bride of Christ, the bond that put on the glory of God. For we have changed our identity to that of Christ Himself. We are now the bride of Christ. We've changed our name, we've changed our identity, we become one with Him. First Corinthians 6 17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. We have become one with Him. No duality, no, no two men. You are just one with him in every aspect. He is the man, you are the wife. You are one with him. It is in your union with him that you produce a man-child. Man-child is an offshoot of the church that is fully in the glory of God. That shall have dominion according to Revelation chapter 12. Praise the living God. Have I helped you tonight? Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.